informed consent, getting to yes, is editorially independent content supported with advertising by Alcon. Welcome. I'm Marguerite McDonald of Ophthalmic Consultants of Long Island in Lindbrook, New York, and this is Informed Consent, Getting to Yes. In this podcast, I discuss the exact, fair, and balanced language that leading ophthalmologists and eye surgeons use to help patients say yes to the recommended treatment or to premium services. Today's topic, endothelial keratoplasty, specifically the differences between DSAC and DMEC. But doing DMEC and really allowed me to establish myself as a cornea specialist when I moved to Los Angeles. As you can imagine, there's some really wonderful corneal surgeons in Southern California and Los Angeles, but none really were doing DMEC. And I found that to be an opportunity for me to uh, provide a, a, a kind of an elevated level of service or corneal surgery to patients that were that was not being offered in LA. That's Dr. Netta Shamey of the Los Angeles-based Maloney Shamey Vision Institute. She is expert in advanced corneal transplantation, as well as a cataract and laser refractive surgeon. And this is Dr. Jonathan Cruz, a cornea and refractive surgeon at Pepos Vision Institute in St. Louis, Missouri. I think once corneal surgeons have mastered DSEC, then moving on to DMEC, it's much like the transition in cataract surgery to to phaco emulsification. There were early adapters, but it was a slow uh, adaptation. And, and I think that's analogous to uh, endothelial keratoplasty and transitioning uh, from DSEC to uh, DMEC. Yes, the learning curve is steeper. Yes, the complications initially before we really had standardized the techniques were were uh, greater, but the vision is without a doubt better. Um, and Frank Price and Mark Terry and others have published on their large clinical trials, and many, many have actually um, validated those that far more many DMEC eyes reach 2020 vision than DSEC eyes, um, and they reach that level sooner. It does take a lot of time, uh, even when you feel like you've become skilled, there are certain cases where you wonder why you're struggling with, with doing the procedure. But it, it ultimately, we're doing, you know, we're, we're in medicine to, to help the patient, and we know that the results of DMEC provide better vision and lower rejection uh, among the many other advantages to the procedure. And so I think it is worth, worth the effort and worth the time that it takes to put in to, to master the skills for DMEC. And then more importantly, potentially, is that rejection rate is uh, tenfold less uh, in DMEC as compared to DSEC. So then it became more than just, you know, I, you know, I can do this really cool surgery that sets me apart, but also I'm really benefiting patients. I felt really fantastic knowing that I'm offering my patients the best um best option possible. Because you know, my approach now is that any patient, and I really truly, truly strongly believe this, any patient with Fuchs dystrophy deserves DMEC uh, because of the clinical benefits that have been proven over and over again. There has to be a real motivation for the surgeon to want to go through that process of learning a whole new technique, which is, by the way, very different than many, many other surgeries that we do. 
Um, you know, desig, for example, if you do a folded technique, uh, manipulation in the, in the anterior chamber, all of those, many anterior segment surgeons are comfortable with the techniques and the instrumentation used with desig. With DMAC, it's much harder. You cannot manipulate that graft. You inject the graft into the eye and you have to do this tapping technique and use fluidics to open it. it it's like nothing else that we've done. So Jonathan, suppose um, I'm Mrs. Smith and I've been sent to you by a referring doc who said, oh, Dr. Cruz is going to do DSEC for you. But you examine me and you determine that I'm a much better candidate for DMEC. So how would you talk to me about it and get me to say yes to DMEC? So I would say, Mrs. Smith, you're a great candidate for DMEC. And I, I like to tell patients that DMEC provides better vision and lower rejection rate. I usually walk through the history of corneal transplants. So I'll say, uh, Mrs. Smith, there was a time 20 to 30 years ago where we did full thickness transplants and we used multiple stitches to transplant the entire cornea. And then I'll walk through and talk about DSEC, and I'll talk about the um, anatomy of the cornea and the different layers of the cornea and how DSEC uh, transplants part of the inner layer of the cornea called the stroma. And, and we've moved into an era where now we're just transplanting just the diseased layer uh, after removing the diseased layer of the cornea. And uh, while this makes sense anatomically, we know that it does provide uh, better vision and lower uh, rejection rates. For instance, um, in DMEC, uh, around 70% of patients are able to achieve a vision of 20-25 or better versus DSEC. That rate is around 20 to 30 percent or less and so the chance of you achieving uh, better vision is is much greater with DMEC. Rejection happens uh, in all organ transplants and it doesn't spare corneas although the cornea is uh, privileged in a sense. I usually talk about how full thickness transplants the risk is about 15 to 20% over the first several years. And DSEC, uh, it's about 10%, hovers around 10%. And with DMEC, it's less than 1%. And not to mention that the patients are able to use a weaker steroid with that same low rate. And the ability to use a weaker steroid allows for fewer complications down the road. Um, particularly glaucoma and needing to deal with glaucoma and higher pressures and needing further medications in the future. So I think these are the reasons for why you'd be a great candidate for DMEC over DSEC, and I would be happy to do your surgery. It's an interesting question because I kind of don't have, I have to often convince them that they're not a good candidate for DMEC and that we should do DSEC. Um, they get terribly disappointed when I say when I say that. So 
convincing a patient about DMEC is not that hard anymore. As I said, most of the patients come asking for DMEC. But what I say is there's two, you, you have a corneal condition called Fuchs dystrophy, which impacts the cells on the back of your cornea that pump fluid out of your cornea. And the cornea is like a sponge that when you're sleeping specially, it absorbs fluid and it requires those cells to be able to pump the fluid out. Otherwise you wake up and you're looking through a fog. Um, if your cells are not functioning, that's what happens, the morning fog. Uh, now, if the patient has confluent gluten, it's not the morning fog, but rather the glare at night, I describe the fact that the backside of your cornea, where those cells are, have a lot of dead cells that have coalesced and have caused this kind of metallic sheen that the light scatters off of that. And we need to replace those cells. Preferred approach for you would be what's called DMEC, which is a perfect anatomical replacement of what is uh, affected by your condition. And unlike DSAC, um, this will give you a much faster vision recovery. Uh, one of the benefits is that the vision recovery would be faster and that uh, the rejection rate is tenfold less. But DMEC does require a, a, a commitment on your part. We will be more reliant on you laying flat on your back because there's going to be an air bubble in the eye that will hold the graft in place for 24 to 48 hours. And uh, you need to lay flat on your back for the first 24 hours because that air bubble needs to push the graft towards your cornea so that the cells start pumping and basically waking up and starting to attach. And then the second 24 hours, I may still ask you to do that. And if the patient says, oh, I can't do that or my back hurts or, you know, if the patient's much, you know, is an elderly, then that's when we start talking about DSAC may be a better option. Jonathan, do you mention gas or lying flat or... Um... What, what the early post-op will be like? Sure, I do. I usually say there's a, a bit more work for you and for me for DMEC, particularly laying flat. And we need, because we're not using stitches, we need air to push the graft against your cornea. And because it's a thinner graft, it requires more uh, bubble time, whether you're using air or gas. And I think that the work that you do is, is worth it and the work that I do that I've done with learning the procedure is, is worth it for you as well. Dr. Jonathan Cruz and Dr. Netta Shamey, thank you so much for discussing these endothelial keratoplasty procedures with me today. Do either of you have any advice for a corneal surgeon who's on the fence about whether to offer DMEC to his or her patients? Absolutely. There's so many wonderful courses at the uh, at the meetings. There's also courses offered through the iBanks. I would use the iBanks as a resource. They are absolutely motivated uh, to work with you to help transition the surgeon to the right surgery for the patient. They would offer you potentially wet lab opportunities. I'd be more than happy to welcome anyone who wants to come and hang out with me for a day in the surgery. I feel so passionate about this that I feel like every surgeon, if you've done DSAC, you have all the skills to be able to do DMAC, and your patients will do so much better. Potentially schedule the case before a day you would do DSAC, for example, and ask PI Bank if they would offer you a backup DSAC graft. Um, I mean, I'm not sure if every eye bank would have the capability to do that, but some eye banks are doing that and are help working together with surgeons, especially surgeons for high volume DSAC 
surgeons to really help them, encourage them to transition. You know, and if you don't end up using the DSAC graft, if you don't end up using the DSAC graft, you, you know, you can use it for the next day for your, for your patient, something like that. I mean, you'd have to really arrange that with iBank. Thanks for that great advice, Netta. And thanks for listening to Informed Consent Getting to Yes. I'm Dr. Marguerite McDonald. Please join us again for next month's edition. Informed consent, getting to yes, is editorially independent content supported with advertising by Alcon.